Today we start a series just as you see right on the walls. We're, we're believing through this theme in Mark chapter 1, verse 17, exactly what Jesus said. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I like that because he's going to make us. It's not that we are. It's not that we qualify. It's that he's going to make you and I what we are not. And I love that for my own life because I've never qualified to do what I do. But God often use, uses unqualified people to do his great work so he could get the glory out of it. Even when he chose his disciples, he didn't choose qualified Pharisees or Sadducees. He chose the normal people on the shore of the water. He chose the tax collectors and those that nobody wanted so that he can be glorified through them and he would make 12 apostles out of them and on the day of Pentecost the word would just spread and God wants to do that with you and I maybe you come from a rough background or maybe you come from something that you feel shameful of I just want to tell you today God's going to use it for his glory amen so we're believing that today. We're believing that uh, as we go through this 40-day uh, series and as you receive the weekly and daily devotionals that you're going to start receiving today, uh, you're going to be encouraged to be uh, partakers and become fishers of men. Today in particular, I want to speak to you about a passage that is near and dear to our heart. And it's in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. I want, you to, I want to invite you to turn on your Bibles or turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. We're going to read this, and maybe you've read this before, and you, you're familiar uh, with the story. You're familiar with Simon letting Jesus use his boat and the miraculous catch, but I believe that today God wants to speak to us because today's message is called, There is More. There is more. There is more to your life. There is more than just existing. There is more than just showing up on a Sunday and then going about your week and showing up next Sunday. There is more that God wants to do through you, and he wants to start with that today. In Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, we may not get through all the verses, but we're going to get through most of them. It says like this. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, uh, you notice it says Lake of Gennesaret. It's also known as the Sea of Galilee. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. That calls my attention because the word of God was actually in front of them. It was Jesus. He was right in front of them speaking the word. Verse 2 says, and he saw at the water's edge two boats. Somebody say two boats. No, say it louder. Two boats. Left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, somebody say Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. He sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught a thing. He didn't say it like that, but he said a thing. But because you say so, we will let the nets down. You see, Peter, or back then, uh, uh, B.C. Peter, uh, Simon, Simon says, Simon says, I knew that would get your attention. Simon says, Master, we've worked all night, but because you say so, we're going to do it. See, see, see. 
He knew that Jesus was a teacher. Jesus was not an, was not an industrial or professional fisherman. Because fishermen of that time would fish at night. And they would fish at night because it was darker and the fish couldn't see. And also, they would fish at night because the fish would also be in shallow water. It was in the day that the, the, the fish would go in deep water. So here's this teacher. Maybe he didn't even know he was a carpenter. And now the teacher's telling him, we're going to go out deep. And he's like, uh... I don't think you know about this industry. I don't think you know about, you know, how this whole fishing thing works. But because you say so, I'm going to do it. That, that encourages me because I like how God will still bless us even though we have a bad attitude. Has God ever blessed you even with a bad attitude? That even though you don't understand and even though it doesn't make sense, you're like, God, uh, I don't know about this. But since you said so, I'm going to do it. And look what happened. In verse 6 it says, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. I believe that today God wants to give us more. God wants to expand our way of thinking. God wants to take us further than what we ever thought before. And I believe this, and this is a word for somebody here. They may not be for everyone here, but there's somebody here that needs to hear this word. And it's this, that the edge of your greatest frustration is also the edge of your greatest blessing. The edge of your greatest frustration is also the edge of your greatest blessing. Because the fishermen were frustrated, but God used their frustration to bring about a great Miracle. You see, there's something that's happening here. There's, and, and what's happening is, is this. There's a people that cannot hear Jesus. And there's some fishermen that have not caught a thing. But God's going to use both situations to bring one solution. He's going to get in the boat so that the crowd can hear him. But then he's going to use that same boat to bring a great miracle. There is people here that have had a hard time listening and hearing God. And there's people here that you've been fishing for years and for months and for weeks and you haven't caught nothing. And God's going to use both, both situations to bring about a great miracle in your life. Somebody say amen to that in this house. So there's a few things that's happening here. First, we have a problem. The problem is that they fished all night and they haven't caught a thing. But then there's also a place. And the place is the sea or the lake of Gennesaret also known as the Sea of Galilee. And it's important that I say this because it's, it's good to know geography. We're going to take a, a quick lesson through National Geographic so we can know exactly where they are. They are at the Sea of Galilee. A couple years we went over there and we, we were able to get on a boat in the middle of the Lake of Gennesaret. It was amazing. Mimi, my wife, was crying the whole time just to think that Jesus walked on that water. It was an emotional moment for her. It was an emotional moment for everybody that was on the boat. But one thing that you should know about this location is that it is the lowest part in the whole earth that has fresh water. It's the lowest freshwater lake in all of the planet. The next lowest place would be the Sea of Galilee or, or the, the Dead Sea, better yet said. That calls my attention because it is the lowest, lowest point on all of the earth. But it's also the lowest point most likely for Simon. And it's most likely the lowest points in our life that God will use to bring his greatest miracles. Amen. 
See, I don't think it's a coincidence that God did 18 out of 33 miracles around this lake. I don't think it's a coincidence that God would spend, Jesus would spend the majority of his ministry around this lake. That he would spend the majority of his time in the lowest part of the earth. I believe that there's people in this room, there's people that are even watching me as we speak right now, that you've reached the lowest part in your life and God is saying, that's great because I'm going to use your lowest point in life to bring about your greatest season and the greatest miracle in your life. Somebody needs to praise God for that today. I believe that with all my heart that the conditions are right for a miracle. The conditions are right for God to do something great in our church. The conditions are right for God to do something great in your life and in your family. There's so much more that God wants to do in us. Peter can't catch anything and the people can't hear Jesus. The crowd is full, but Peter's nets or Simon's nets are empty. There's a crowd of people. And at the same time that there's a crowd of people, there is some nets that should be crowded as well, but they're empty. And it's here where it takes us to our first point, which I want to share with you today. And it is this. How, how does God prepare us to catch fish? How do we become fishermen? Number one, he connects, us with, he connects with us where we are and as we are. He connects with us where we are. And as we are, looking at verse 3, look what it says. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitude, or better yet, the crowd from the boat. Now, it's so, so, so easy to read over that, that Jesus just got on Simon's boat. But can I, can I just share something with you? Uh, that's not just something we could just read over. Like Jesus didn't ask. Jesus just got on the boat. Oh, you're still not appalled by it. Let me, let me, let's do this. After the service today, don't get in somebody's Toyota Prius. That's a nice car. Don't get in somebody's jalopy. It, it may be the only thing they have to use. Get in somebody's beautiful Mercedes or somebody's beautiful uh, Tesla. Or get in somebody's nice luxury car. Just, 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 just open the door and sit in the passenger side. And say, I need your car, bro. <laughs> How would you react if somebody just jumps in your car and says, I need your car, bro. I need your car, sis. I don't think we would be okay with it. You know, this is pre-Uber. <laughs> this is pre-Lyft. Like Jesus just gets on his boat and says, hey, bro, I need to use this. I need to use your boat. And he just does it. He just, he just gets on his boat. Would you be okay with somebody just getting in your car or getting in your house and saying, hey, I need to use this. I need to get the message across. How appalled would you be? How upset would you be? Would you call Calvary Security? Would you call the police? The reality is that Simon didn't expect it, but it happened. And I want to tell somebody that's in this room right now, you, the unexpected is about to happen in your life. You, see, Jesus wants to use your boat so that people can hear his message. You, you may not be expecting anybody to get in your business, 
But God, Jesus is, is willing to get in the middle of your business, to get in the middle of your boat and say, I have need of your boat so that everyone can hear what I have to say. Jesus used modern technology of their time to get the message across. See, technology is simply the advancement so that people can have a better use of. You know, right now as we speak, we're live on YouTube. We're live on Facebook. This message will soon be on TV. And all of these means are ways that Jesus and God uses so that we can broadcast, so that all can hear the good news of who Jesus is. But are you willing to let Jesus use your boat? Are you willing to allow him in your business? Are you willing to allow him in your ministry? Are you willing to allow him in your brokenness? Are you willing to allow him on into your life? Because I promise you this, that once he jumps on board, everything is going to change. Once you allow Jesus into your life, everything will change. Your name may even change. Once Jesus gets on board, everything changes. I believe that there's some boats in this room today that Jesus wants to get on. I believe there's some lives that he wants to get on. I believe there's some change that God wants to bring into your life. You see, we believe this. There's, there's two categories of people in this room right now. And there's two categories of people that are going to be watching us online or on TV. The first category of people are the people that we've set this place up for. It's those that don't know who Jesus is or have heard of who Jesus is. See, everything we do as a church is for people that do not know who Jesus is. Even the setup, everything that it took to get all of this ready, uh, for us to get these telephone poles and cut them so they could look like a dock. All of this is the effort, it's all an effort to, so that people can know who Jesus is. But the second category of people here are those that know who Jesus is but are now tired at a shore with empty nets. And Jesus has come today, God has come today to remind you that even with empty nets, he's calling you back into deep sea so that you can catch once again. Both the unbeliever that will now leave this place today in faith as a believer and the believer that has been frustrated in life because you haven't caught a thing will leave this place strengthened knowing that Jesus is on your boat and there, there is so much more to accomplish. Number two, he stretches us to the limits of our comfort. Have you ever been stretched? I mean like out of your comfort zone. You ever done anything out of your comfort zone? When I was a little younger, Mimi and I, when we were married, Mimi took me to one of her aerobics classes, and I was so uncomfortable. <laughs> so uncomfortable. I mean, she had the outfit. She had the, she had the 80s style, you know, the, uh, with her little Reebok fitness sneakers, and I had my Reebok pumps. The younger generation will never know about Reebok pumps. And I went in there, and I just didn't fit in, and I was bumping into the person next to me and bumping into the other person. And I just said, Mimi, time out. I'm going to the car. When you finish, I'll see you outside. I was out of my comfort zone. I didn't like it. Can I tell you that, 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 that God will allow tension in this season, and the tension is intended to change you? 
See, God is going to allow some tension in this season, and the tension is, is there looking to stretch you, to bring you further than you've ever gone before. There's people in this room that are stuck to some routines. Let me tell you, routines are good. I'm very systematic. Even yesterday, Mimi and I went to Sam's to go food shopping, and she wanted to go one way. I said, eh, 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 hold on, you're messing up my system. I usually go through this row, and then I go this way, and then I go around that way, and then I come back around. Anybody with me with that? But she saw some shoes, and she saw this. I said, oh, you're messing with my head. We really need to go straight and then go left. It messes with me when somebody takes me out of my comfort zone. But let me tell you, if God is taking you out of your comfort zone, do not complain. Because he sees something in you that we cannot see in ourselves. He, see the, he sees the potential in you that I, you and I cannot see in ourselves. And he will stretch you so that you can accomplish the perfect will in your life. Yeah, you better praise him for that. That's good. I believe this. I want to forewarn you for the next 40 days. God is going to stretch you. Our church leadership is going to stretch you. God is going to use a lot of different ways to stretch your ability to reach others for Jesus. And it's going to take you out of your comfort zone. It's going to take you out of your usual system. But it is intended to make you a fisher of men. He wants to stretch you. He wants to take you from having no fish to having breaking nets. See, when you're tired and you're frustrated and you're ready to give up, it is there where God lets you go deeper. Have you ever been there where you felt like giving up? Come on, raise your hand if you ever felt like giving up. Everyone else that did not raise their hand, they have lived perfect lives and they are soon to go to heaven because the angels are about to pop out of their shirt. <laughs> Everyone else that raised your hand, you are real. And those that didn't raise their hand, they're real too, obviously. But there will come seasons in life where you do feel like giving up. But that is where God always shows up. He showed up for Jacob. He showed up for Moses. He showed up for so many different people in the Bible. And he's ready to show up in your life in this place today. He wants to take you deeper in the season. Because even though you cannot see the fish, the fish are there. Let me say that again. You may not be able to see the fish, but they're there. You may not be able to see the healing, but healing is there. You may not be able to see your miracle, but the miracle is there. You may not be able to see that your son or your daughter will come back to Christ. But if you just believe in Jesus Christ and you follow what he says to go deeper, you will see that the fish were always there to begin with. But he wants to take you deeper. He wants to take you out of your comfort zone. He wants to take you into new places. I, love, I believe that God is setting us up for an Ephesians 3.20 season. Pastor Manny, what's an Ephesians 20 season? Let me tell you, uh, I believe that God wants to set us up for this. God wants to set us up for this. He wants to set us up to have an exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think season. Some, some, some people are celebrating today. Because this is what an Ephesians 3.20 season is. That he's going to surpass whatever you thought, whatever you thought he was going to do. 
that whatever you expected him to do, he's saying, ah, I'm going to do a little bit better than that. He's about to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Somebody's receiving that word today because it's important that you put it into your spirit and you believe by faith that God is stepping into your drought. God is stepping into your sickness. God is stepping into every area of your life to do something greater because there is so much more. Somebody praise God in this moment if you can. Number three, he will move us beyond our ability. He will move us beyond our ability. Look what verse 6 says. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. See, when God begins to bless you, everyone around you becomes blessed. When God begins to do something miraculous in your life, everyone around you will be touched and blessed by how God has touched your life. This is why we can't keep this message to ourselves. This is why we need to take it into Starbucks or maybe you like Dunkin' Donuts, I'm not sure, or Mordecai. Maybe you need to take it into aisle number three in the middle of Publix. Maybe you need to take it to the water cooler at work. But you have been called to be a blessing. And if God is blessing you, get ready because everyone around you is called to be blessed as well. See, Peter's boat could not handle the amount of fish that were now being caught. And I believe that God wants to call other ships in to be able to carry the harvest that's about to come to Calvary. This is why God brought you from Illinois. This is why God brought you from South Florida. This is why God brought you from New York City. This is why God brought you from all over the nation and nations because he's calling every boat to come in to get the harvest. That's what's happening. We're seeing it with our pastoral staff. We're seeing it with people in our church. You think you just showed up here by coincidence. You you think you just came to Orlando because you wanted to see Mickey Mouse. It's more than that. There's more than that. There's more than that. God brought you to Calvary, Orlando, because he is setting us up for a great, great catch. And even though he didn't come on your boat first, it doesn't mean that he's not going to call your boat later. I feel like God in this place. I'm about to run off this pier. Y'all better watch out. So that's what what we're believing. See, you don't have to fish alone. We're called to do this together. You don't have to evangelize alone. You don't have to share the gospel alone. You can go out in teams or you can go out in groups. But we are all called to go and get the harvest of people that God has called us to. That's what happened here. It was a collaboration of more than just Simon. It was a collaboration of other boats that had to come together to bring the harvest in. And as we get ready for the season of Easter 2020, you're going to hear a lot about going out and canvassing. You're going to hear a lot about, just like you heard Pastor Danny, going out and uh, preparing some Easter egg hunts in your community. And you're going to hear a lot about, about that. We don't want you to just let that go through this ear and come out through this ear. We want you to become doers of the word where you bring your boat in and you allow Jesus to use it. There 
There is so much more to do, and we're so much better when we do it together. We're so much better when we do it together. When we can come together as a church and see God do amazing things, you will be surprised with what God will do in your life. Number four, he will reward our obedience. See, that's the beauty of following and obeying Jesus and obeying God, that he will always reward. God is a rewarder. Look what it says in verse 6 in the second part. It says, and they came and filled their boats so full that they began to sink. God's blessings over our lives, God's harvest over this church are, is going to be so great we're going to need more space. We, we're going to, listen, I'm going to prophesy we're going to need a second service. We're going to need, we're going to, need to go to a second service. We're going, to, we're, going to have to, we're going to have to make space for what God is going to do. Somebody receives that word in this place? See, I've seen time after time in my own life how me obeying God has later on brought great reward. But in today's society, this is what we tell God. God, fill my boat first and then I will obey you. You see, we, we, we're asking God for the evidence before we can believe. And God doesn't work like that. God wants you to believe and then he shows the evidence. That's important for us to know because we live in a, I'll believe it when I see it, society. And you have to see it before you can believe it. Actually, it's the other way around. I just messed that up. We, we say, I'll see it. I need to see it so I can believe it. But God doesn't work like that. He wants you to believe it before you can see it. That's how God works. And if we can see it, look to the seat next to you if it's empty. Just look at that seat real quick. Can you see somebody sitting there? I want you to look up to the balcony and just everybody just look up to the balcony. If you need to stand up and look, do it. I don't care. It's fine. Can you see those seats full? In fact, I'm going to spend the rest of my sermons preaching to those seats. Because I believe and I see those seats full. So I want to preach to you today, church. I want to preach to every seat that's going to be filled. And I want to say that we've been preparing ourselves for you. We've been preparing ourselves to see what God is going to do in this church. And we're believing that every seat has a place for someone in our city. So we can't wait to meet you. We can't wait to see you. We can't wait to experience what God is going to go and do in your life through small groups, through next steps, and through every ministry of our church. Somebody's saying that preacher is crazy. Sometimes you got to have crazy faith to believe God to do something amazing. But number five, I want to share this because this is very important. He will calm your fears. There's people here that you, right now your, your anxiety is just, just, it's just working on you. Like, oh, my God, like sharing the gospel? Oh, my God, what if they say no to me? What if they reject me? They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the message. You are simply the male person. See, when the dog runs after the mailman, they didn't, the dog did not reject the mailman. The dog rejected the message. If they reject what you say, they did not reject you, they rejected him. So do not get offended when they reject the word you give. Instead, recognize that one day they will be called to attention for rejecting the message and the good news of who Jesus is. But we are all called to share it. And I want to help you today because... Jesus, in verses 10 and 11, he says this. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. 
From now on, you will be fisher, a fisher of men. You will fish for people. So they pulled their boats upon shore, listen to this, left everything and followed him. There's people in this room that you fall into two categories today. You are either in the crowd or you are a part of the crew. Jesus wants everyone in this room to go from the crowd and go to the crew. I'm going to say something that you may get uncomfortable with, but it's important that I say this because we live in a very consumeristic church society in America. The church all over the world is growing because the church all around the world is not consumer-based. It's in America where we've made church about us. See, we've made what should be a fishing boat into a cruise ship. I know it's going to get quiet in this church, but I have to say what I say because i got to preach the truth. We're not called to be a cruise ship. Uh, cruise ship. We're not called to, to, to how was the food today, and, and criticize every single thing. We're called to be a fishing boat. Can I say more? If we're going into spiritual warfare, we're called to be a battleship. And the battleship has a captain. The battleship has soldiers. The battleship has a mission. When you get on a cruise, you have an itinerary. But when you get on a battleship, you have a mission. And when we get on mission, I feel the fire of the Holy Spirit. When we get on mission, you will be surprised how God equips you and prepares you with the armor of God to not just say, oh, I didn't like those three songs. Those songs didn't fit my category. You will say, how can I leave this place ready to go into the mission field and share who Jesus is? We got to get past our kumbaya. We got to get past our usual church. And we need to become the church, the bride of Jesus, bought by the blood of the cross of Jesus. Don't mind me if I get fired up. It's just I'm tired of us just living this consumeristic church where we come to receive, receive, receive. But we got to give back. We got to go from crowd to crew. The crowd receives the word. The crew receives the word and brings it right back out. What will you do with today's word? In fact, I want to challenge everyone in this room that while we do the altar call, you don't skip out on the reverent moment that God has here because there is a call for mission for you today. I want to tell you this. I want to tell you that Jesus wants to use your boat. Will you allow him to take you deeper? That he wants to stretch you today. He wants to, he wants to break you out of your comfort zone. And he wants you to follow him and leave everything behind. Everyone here I know has a story, but let me tell you my quick story. God called me at 15 years old to be a pastor. And I ran from that knowing that God would one day chase me down for nearly 15 years. And when God finally caught up with me, he said, it's time. I was in the middle of a boardroom giving a $300 million budget for the new year. And God says, I'm calling you and I want you. It's time to leave all of this and go into ministry. And that's what I did. At 30 years old, I started ministry and I planted a church and led that church for a decade. 
I was willing to sell my houses. I was willing to sell my cars. I was willing to leave everything behind to follow him. There's people in this room that have already done that, but there's people in this room that have not done it. But God is calling you to walk away from what you've known to follow a Jesus that's going to give you so much more. And you will see how God will expand your territory and how God will do so much more in your life when you can believe God that there is more. Peter, Simon would later on become Peter. And Peter in chapter 2 of Acts would preach to over 2,000 people and they would be saved on the day of Pentecost because he was willing to walk away from everything he knew to follow a Jesus that changed his life forever. There's people in this room right now as we speak. There's people that are watching even online as we speak that you are the next Simon Peter. That God is calling you into the marketplace. God is calling you into your business. God is calling you to use the boat he's given you to share the gospel of who Jesus is. To share and, and, and just spread your nets and go a little deeper. In fact, we're going to do two altar calls today. And the first altar call that we're going to do is going to be for those that need to know who he is. More than just know who he is. Accept him as your only and exclusive savior. There's people here that maybe you've been coming to church your whole life and you've never made your personal declaration to say, I want to accept Jesus as my savior. You, you, per, you picked a perfect Sunday to do that. Because we believe this, that all of this that has been set up today has been for exactly that. But we're also believing this, that there's a group here that has family members, friends, neighbors, co-workers, that need to know the Jesus you know. And today we're going to do something special because you've been given that card where you can uh, put names on them. And if you haven't received the card, our ushers are going to get ready to give you a card so that you can put the names of people that you're going to believe in faith that are going to be caught in the net of the gospel of Jesus before Easter or even on Easter. The nets that you see even on our stage and the nets that you see right here in front of this dock have been set up so that you can take those cards with the names on them. How many know more than 10 people? Anybody know more than 10 people in your life? If you don't know more than 10 people, I'd love to pray for you so that you can just connect with many people that are in this room. I think we know more than 10 people that need to know who Jesus is. Maybe it's that boss that you don't like and God allowed him in your life so you could share the gospel of who Jesus is. Maybe it's that neighbor that cuts and mows into your own lawn and you're upset about it. Maybe it's that brother you haven't spoken to in weeks or even months or years. Maybe it's that son that's become a prodigal and you have, has, not, has walked away from Jesus or that daughter. But we're going to put names on those cards and this is what we're going to believe for. That in the next 40 days, God's going to begin to work in their life. And he's going to do the perfect work on them so that he can draw them near to him. See, it's his job to draw them near. See, Jesus just said go deeper, but it was Jesus that would draw the fish near to the nets. I believe that God is going to use every single one of us to draw people near so that God can fill this house and more than fill this house. Listen, the, the ultimate result of us filling this house is not to have a packed house. That's not, that's not the win. The win is for people to be saved and so that people can go to heaven. And for people to be saved and know the redemption of who Jesus is. 
See, God set this place up many years ago. You know, the faith of many people in this room and many more allowed this building to be built, not so it could look pretty. It was built so it can get messy. It was built so it can get busy. It was built so it can be filled. It was built so that all of God's people may know who he is. And we are going to play a part in that. Doesn't that get you excited to know that you play a part in this historic moment in our church? So I want to pray with you today. Because we believe that God is about to use you to hook the people that need to know who Jesus is. And after we pray this, we're going to make a call for salvation. And then we're going to open up this stage for you to bring that card and clip it onto these nets all around the stage. Listen, I know that you may be hungry. And I know that the lines are going to get long and long John Silvers. But let me tell you how important this moment is. If you are saved, we need your faith in this moment. Because it is your faith that helps people to be saved. If you are here and you're not saved, just know that there's people all around you that are interceding for you. And believing that God has a plan and purpose for your life. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.